Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, and today my guest is Frederick Golding, and we're talking about his brand new documentary entitled Meltdown. Welcome to the show, Frederick. Thank you, Jan. Thank you very much. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this movie. Um, Just so our guests know, um, do you want to talk a little bit about what the documentary is all about? Well, essentially, there's many different stories behind the documentary, but to make a long story short, I'll tell you the origin of the documentary. The the producer of the film, Mike Cohen, um, had bought an apartment in New York City, and with all producers in in buying new apartments, he had blank walls, so he needed something to put on the wall. And so he was in a gallery, and he saw pictures of icebergs, and he fell in love with these icebergs. And as it turns out, the icebergs, these large, large beautiful pictures of icebergs were um, were taken by a woman by the name of Lynn Davis. And so he had this thought in his mind, well, wait a second. I wonder if when she, when she took these pictures of these icebergs, etc. And so he ended up, we met and, and, and I got in touch with Lynn. And as it turns out, Lynn Davis had been shooting icebergs for 30 years in the Arctic. Her first trip was 1985 to the Arctic, which means if, if anyone's familiar with the, with the beginnings of climate change, climate change and global warming as words were not in the dictionary in 1985. And so we surmised as filmmakers, or at least I surmised as a filmmaker, so wait a second. Ironically, Lynn Davis was shooting climate change before climate change was even in, in effect, was even in existence. And so that's kind of how the documentary came about. And so when we first, I approached Lynn, and Lynn wanted to go back. She had been there five times, and this would this would have been, this trip would have been her sixth time. And she thought about it, and she called me back. And she said she didn't want to go to the Arctic by herself because she didn't feel comfortable talking about climate change and shooting as well. And so I said, well, well what, what about if we have an expert go with you. And so that's how, there's another character in the film, Anthony Lizerwitz. And Tony came, he's the head of the Yale Climate Change climate change Program. And we took Tony and Lynn together to the Arctic, where they met in the Arctic. And we, you know, we spent a week there going into Greenland, at least. Um, they met in Greenland and, and, and they went, you know, all about Greenland and in, on the ice of Greenland, discovering and kind of really, I guess, experiencing the ice of Greenland now, and also in relationship to climate change and how it, um, and how the ice is, has affected the world, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of the long and short of the story, and that's really it's a very simple documentary. It's really it's really kind of a journey of two people discovering Greenland um, and discovering what Greenland has to offer, which is icebergs and and, and consequently climate change. And that was kind of the way to get at the issue. And looking at Lynn and Tony, you know, Tony, who's a scientist, he's a psychologist, scientist, head of a climate change program, and Lynn, a photographer, a fine arts photographer. And so it was really, you know, as well, in a certain sense, the, the documentary becomes a look at, at, the, at the merger, if you would, of um, science and art. And that's it's, uh, that's, that's the, the roundabout way of, uh, of talking about what the, what the film is really about. Well, it's and it's a beautifully done film. I mean, the photography is absolutely amazing. And, of course, Lynn's photography. And to go back and look at the photos she had taken. What, the first time she went was 1985. Is that, when you, is that what you said? 1985, correct. 1985. Yeah. So 30 years. 30, oh, yeah, over 30 years ago. So did she, how did, and when was the last time she had been there? She had been there in 2000. So okay, so then you, 
Or excuse me, hold on. She had been there in 2006. Okay. Is that right? We were there in 16, yes, 17. We were there 17. She had been there the end of 16. Yes, that's that's right. She's been there. She says 10 years she hadn't been there. So she's been there in 06 was was the last time that she had been there. Um, And she originally went in 1985. And and there's there's actually a reason why she went. She was um, a very, a fairly well-known, um, photographer in New York City, um, shooting shooting in the city. And uh, photographers back then, it was, you have to remember, it's the analog world. It's not the digital world. And so most, most commercial photographers back then, they were shooting either in a studio or they were shooting, you know, they were journalists and they were shooting, you know, events that, that happened in the world. And so she, at that time, um, at the 1980, in the 80s, in the early 80s, mid-80s, um, AIDS, was in a, was 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 in existence, right? And literally, you know, AIDS had pretty much had decimated the gay population in um, in downtown Manhattan, and that's where Lynn was. That's where Lynn lived, and so she was, you know, living in that situation and being a photographer, being you know a member of the a pretty prominent member of the arts community. She was very affected by that. And women back then, a lot of women were really were caretakers. Um, and we're looked at as caretakers, as helping a lot of men who, you know, who had unfortunately been stricken with AIDS. And so two of her friends, um, two of her closest friends in photography, uh, um, two guys, one, one Peter Bouchard and the other Robert Maplethorpe. Both, you know, you probably heard the first, the second name, Maplethorpe. Right. I just, um, I watched a doctor, I just watched a film about him not that long ago. He's a great photographer. Yes, yes. Um, and Peter Hujark, who is really, who just had a big exhibit before the pandemic a year ago um, at the Morgan Library here in, in, in Manhattan, he was really one, was really the most prominent photographer um, of his generation. And so Lynn was best friends with the two of them, and they both were sick with AIDS, um, both dying. I think Peter actually had passed away. And she was very, very upset and depressed, and she just didn't, you know, she didn't have an urge to shoot that, that much anymore. And so her boyfriend at the time, Rudy Woolister, went was on a fishing trip with with a photog- another photographer by the name of Robert Frank, a very famous photographer. And he saw these icebergs, or he saw these things that, he saw these things in the, in the water, on the water, and they were, they were in Labrador, which is all the way up northern Canada. And they saw these, you know, he saw these two huge objects in the water, and he, it looked, they looked like Lynn's nudes. Lynn's nude pictures, and so Rudy came back and said, "Man, I saw these. I saw these. You know, these objects. It looks like your nudes. Check it out. They're called icebergs." And so Lynn started doing some research, and of course, you know, found out that Greenland was the largest island in the world and was mostly ice. And she and she decided she was going to go, and she left, and she went by herself. Um, and that's really what's amazing about Lynn is, and I don't really cover it in the documentary. And I, obviously, you see it. But um, here's a woman who, you know, in her 40s, really said, I'm, gonna, I'm just, I'm not going to shoot, I'm not going to shoot models anymore. I'm not going to shoot, you know, glamour anymore. That's it. I, I'm done. I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot landscapes, beautiful landscapes. Um, and that's and that's essentially why she started shooting icebergs. And actually, it's funny, but her pictures are, are almost embedded in our mind. They're very, very well known now. Um, and and they're, just, they're just gorgeous. They're just beautiful, beautiful pictures. So that's kind of a, it's that, that's Lynn, really, in, in, in a nutshell. Um, and then Tony, what's interesting is that this was, this was her sixth trip, 
and her last trip to the Arctic because I don't think she'll go again. She's in, she'll be in her she'll be in her mid seventies. She is in her mid seventies now, and so it's a it's a little tough to get around on a boat, you know, at that point. Tony is is much younger. He's I think a little bit about fifty or so, and this this was his first trip, and so you know you had the whole you know you had the whole contrast in first trip last trip. You know what what Lynn could offer Tony and what Tony could offer Lynn, and so it was really just this great synergy of two personalities, two characters. Anyway, it's you know it, it great. I love all the background uh, story. That's what's so wonderful about uh, doing a show like this because you learn more details. Her, the photographs, her photographs are just absolutely breathtaking um you know and you can see like the and you know she used to do these wonderful nudes as you said um that the the photographs of the icebergs are very you know very sensual too they have they're undulating and um very you know just just spectacular to look at how did she find it and here she was like 10 years later going back um what were her thoughts and i'm sure i know it's in the documentary but um Maybe you have a, an, a, another perspective of what did she think going 10 years later? Because, you know, now climate change has gotten worse over the years instead of better. Um, what were what well, was her thoughts? But it's interesting because from the, as, we were at, as we were in the air about the land in a little thought, um, which is southwest, southwest um, in, um, in, in southwest Greenland, and Alulasat is it's known because it's it's home of the fastest disintegrating glacier in the northern hemisphere. But now they say world, meaning what I mean by that is it loses the most ice quickest, um, and so it's constantly shedding ice, and uh, that is the glacier shedding ice. And why Alulasat? Well, Alulas the glaciers start on the ice sheet, which is the middle of Greenland. And they break off, and they travel, and they travel down a fjord. Um, and the fjord is huge, obviously. And these icebergs are, these icebergs initially are, you know, they're as big as Manhattan skyscrapers is what they are. They're, they're absolutely vast. And it takes them a while to travel down the fjord. But the whole point is that the glacier, the glacier in Alulasat meets the sea. And so that's why it's so. Well, that's why it's, it's very well known for a lot of people going there to see the icebergs because the icebergs break off and immediately they're in the water. And so when we got there from from the air, it looked a little barren, and we didn't know what to think, and, and I didn't know what to think. I had never been there, and but somehow or another, Lynn is fascinating in that regard. In that, as soon as she got off the plane, she was a different person. She was she was elated. She was happy. She was, and she says it in the documentary, one of the first things, she just has an affinity for this place that is above and beyond an affinity for any other place in the world. I mean, she really thinks, and it, it, it's probably true, it's, it's one of the more beautiful places in the world. And it can't be duplicated. It won't be duplicated. And, you know, who knows if, if Greenland will ever even be in existence. You know, by 2050, we don't know because of the consequences of climate change, Um, because the icebergs are melting and they're melting fast. And yet she came as an artist. And and I think that that's really, really important to note that that and that most people don't really understand. And even probably looking, watching the documentary, you'll see. But 
it's, it's Lynn is part of the uh, Lynn is not part of the digital age. You know, she was shooting she's shooting film, and and she's hand holding you know a medium sized format camera. Um, it's not easy to shoot, and, and there's no you know there's there's no there's no gimbals, there's no dollies. It, it's one woman with a little camera in her bag, and she changes that film every twelve every twelve images, and and so it's fascinating that to see her to see her in different places, in, you know, in, in a little thought. So, so anyway, so we, she gets off the plane, she's happy, and that afternoon we went on a boat. And to see her on a boat is fascinating because as soon as she walks on a boat, it's no longer your boat. It's Lynn, it's Lynn Davis's boat. And because, because what, she, what she would do is she would get on these boats and she would have to tell you know the the um, the captain of the boat how to go where to go um, because she's seeing she's seeing the light you know hit the icebergs and she's knowing what her shots are icebergs ice is not necessarily beautiful to shoot unless you know how to shoot it and so and and it takes you know there's a lot of talent involved in that and what again it's interesting what you had said because Lynn looks at icebergs as portraits and you know they're her human they're her um, you know non-human portraits. And or, or natural portraits, if you would, and and I think that, I mean, the time the time that she was there, I think she knew that maybe this was the last time that she would go, um, and so it really, you know, for someone, it made her career. I mean, you know, not that she she went six times to the Arctic. She shot a lot, and she sold a lot, and, and those pictures are those pictures are in galleries around the world. You know, in New York, right here. You know, they're at the they're at the Guggenheim, they're at the Modern, and so you know those pictures are throughout the world, and they're in a lot of people's living rooms, and and, and they really, you know, I mean, luckily, you know, she was able to make a living off of off of Iceberg. Obviously, she shot she shot a lot of a lot of other things. She's very well known for you know for shooting landscapes around the world, beautiful landscapes around the world. She was very concerned. It was interesting because she was very concerned that here's a woman who. She would take no one on her trips. You know, there, she would go by herself to every, you know, various, 80 different countries she's been to. Um, and she would shoot by herself with her little camera and, and, and come back. And, and it's just, it's, 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 she's a, in a way, she's a, she's a beautiful throwback to, to what art really is. Um, and I think we've lost that because, you know, everyone had their digital cameras and everyone's shooting. And Greenland is, is a very disconcerting place. To be, for me at least, as the producer director of the film, it's a very disconcerting place to be. I didn't scout it, and literally everything, all arrangements were made, you know, over the phone. I had never been to Greenland before, and so I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And so, literally, I got off the plane, and it's a very disconcerting place because you have to remember that Greenland is eighty percent ice. So there's really no roads. There's no cars. It's mostly um, it's mostly made up of the, the primary residents of the Inu- Inuit. You know, with, they're tribal. They're hunters and gatherers. Although it's changed a little bit, they, they certainly modernized a little bit. Um, but but it's mostly you can't. It's not very modern. And you hear all the time wherever you are in Greenland, you hear ice cracking. You just imagine an iceberg cracking, or you know, a very subtle kind of crack or a rumble, a constant rumble, because the icebergs are moving in the water. And, and if they hit, if they hit, for example, the, the, um, if they hit the, 
the sediment, the rock, and they stop. It's like a little earthquake, so it's jarring. And so you're kind of, you're always kind of thinking, is this going to split? You know, is this road going to split now? Is this time going to split? And for me, at least, it, it, so it's very, it's very disconcerting. For Lynn, you know, she it's like she it's her second home to her. I mean, in, in many different ways. And, and also, she, you know, she every trip that she has gone to the Arctic to Greenland, she, um, she was mourning the loss of someone. And so the first time, you know, was Peter um, Bujar and and Robert Maplethorpe who were dying. And, and I think I believe that Robert died, you know, somewhat very close to when she got back from her first trip. He had a show at the Metropolitan Museum, which kind of, which was kind of a celebration of his photography and his life. And that was his, I think he died very, very shortly thereafter. Really, really sad. Um, and, 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 you know, Lynn was his closest, you know, closest friend in photography. You know, of course, Patty Smith, you know, also wrote a book about him, but that's a whole other story. So anyway, so that's, that's kind of, um, that's, you know, that's the, the place is so astounding. You know, there's no pollution, obviously. Um, there's very little dust. There's no dust there. And so it's an environment that's completely different than any place that you've ever been. And unless you've been there before, you don't have anything to compare it to. And that's the main thing about ice. And I just want to make this very, very clear because it's, it's a strange phenomenon in that, you know, a person, if you look at an ice cube, you don't see an ice cube melting. It doesn't melt before your eyes. Subtly, it melts, yes, but you can't see that. Right. And so you can't really see melting ice. And as a consequence, people have a very, very difficult time humanizing ice. You know, for Tony, at least, how do you put a human face on climate change? You know, climate change can be very distant. And it's a very distant subject. The Earth is the Earth is getting hotter. What does that mean? And it's, it's a very difficult subject to comprehend. We comprehend the effects of climate change. That is, you know, sea level rise, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we see the destruction of climate change when the earth is getting hotter but we don't see what it really means and that's what i was really trying to discover when i was there i don't know if i have but i try to i mean for me i'm primarily a character filmmaker you know i i really believe in in that 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 the, that the, that the guys that the essence of a film is through the characters through your characters at least non-fiction documentary films um and my film I always felt that Meltdown was was Lynn's film in, in a way, um, and it wasn't necessarily a climate change film. Although some you know people would disagree, and I think it's open for suggestions. It is you know it can be extracted that it's a film on climate change, um, but it's really you know a look at a woman and her last and her last um, I guess her last hurrah with a place that has really formed her life. And it was very it was very it's very soul searching. You know, as you say, you know, it's hard. I and I say this objectively. The environment is exquisite. The environment is unlike anything that you've ever seen before. And you know, I've been to the Grand Canyon. I've been to various places in the Mideast. And I've traveled a lot in the Mideast. But the the environment of Greenland, the, the ice. It has a culture, it has a mindset, it has a will of its own. And, and yet, the other, on the other hand, you can't, you, you, there's this question of scale, meaning if you see a large iceberg, unless, you, unless you've seen icebergs before, you can't really say it's a large iceberg. It just looks like a large piece of ice. Well, by, you know, by the fourth or fifth day, you know, we knew what a large iceberg was. And, and there's just 
phenomenal. They're, they're, they're just phenomenal, especially when you realize that that ten percent. You're only in looking at an iceberg. You only you only look at ten percent of the iceberg because ninety percent is below the water. And so you re- you begin to realize that these 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 pieces of of the earth, if you would, are, are not only fantastic; they're absolutely vast, and they're melting. And clearly, in melting, water has to go somewhere. And where does it go? It goes around the earth. It goes on the coast, you know, of, of cities, you know, in the United States and, and around the world. And in melting, the melt the melting is judged not by you know ten degrees, twenty degrees. It's not like the difference between oh the summer is hundred degrees and the winter is fifty or forty degrees, thirty degrees. No, you know, the melting is a degree or two degrees or two and a half degrees. And so it's very, very subtle figures. And it's just, it's, it, it's a changing environment. Greenland is that, that is um, today. And it was changing when we were there and it'll, it'll be changing in the future. And they say it's melting faster now than ever. Um, what is fascinating is a little story is that we got there and it was overcast and it was gray. And, you know, we got on a boat and it's starting to be amazing, but there's not that much ice. Well, lo and behold, the first night, you know, you're a little bit antsy. I couldn't sleep. And I hear a rumble out of out my hotel room. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? And I get up and I, I, I went and I, I looked at my watch. It was like 4.30 in the morning. And I see, I see a blanket of ice moving. I said, what oh, my goodness. And it was just a blanket of white moving. And I said, my God, I've never seen anything like this. What is that? Well, to make a long story short, I, as I found out in the morning when we got up, it, it, the place, it was all Disco Bay. Went looking, out, looking out on Disco Bay, it was covered in ice. There were icebergs left and right. We'd never seen so much ice. Lynn had never seen so much ice in all the time that she'd been there. Where did all this ice come from? To make a long story short, the fjord is below sea level, and it backs up because the icebergs are taller than the fjord, the opening of the fjord into the sea. And to make a long story short, it, 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 the fjord had backed up apparently for miles. And so the, you know, imagine a bridge, and you're waiting you know, to pay your toll, and you're an iceberg, and you're waiting for miles and miles. And all of a sudden, it explodes. Well, that night, it exploded, and the ice came out. And the ice came out all along the coast of Greenland. And it was just truly fascinating. It made our trip. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's how we got to shoot all the icebergs. It was really incredible. This really. Well, Frederick, this has been absolutely fascinating. I mean, I've learned so much. And the movie is just amazing. It's a fascinating movie, and I highly recommend it. Where can people find Meltdown? Meltdown now can be can be seen um, on uh, Amazon and I, um, on Apple iTunes, and I believe it's everyone's cable providers. You can it's in it's in their it's in their schedule. It's everywhere. So, well, I, it's, in, it's, it's out there throughout the world. Great. Well, I highly recommend people find the movie Meltdown. It's just exquisitely shot, and uh, it sounds like Lynn made your job easy <laughs> since she. The way she, you know, she did it. And Tony, you, you know, just imagine, I mean, just imagine like a football game, for example, and, and you have, you know, the play-by-play announcer, so that's when shooting these icebergs, and then you have a color person giving you commentary, and that was Tony, you know, giving us commentary. As, at the same time, Tony, who, who's, who this was his first time being there, is being, is being enthralled 
by the presence of these icebergs. Amazing. I'm so sorry, really Frederick, our time is over, but I, you know, it's been fascinating oh. and I've loved having you on the show. And today, everybody, my guest has been Director Frederick Golding, and we're talking about the documentary Meltdown, which I highly recommend you find. If you would like to listen to some of the archived Jam Price shows, you can go to the, thejampriceshow.com where all my shows are archived. And you can also go to the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere where you get your podcast. Thank you for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. 